Welcome back to the Jewish Growth Podcast. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. It is great to be with you today. Back when I was 18 years old, I spent a gap year in Israel on a program with about 30 other kids my age. The program was very Zionist, but there was one young man called Josh who had a bit of a rebellious spirit. Josh was not so quick to buy into the Zionist story. Now, I lost track of him over the years, but recently connected with a different friend from the group who told me that today Josh is a major advocate for the Palestinian cause, and he's also a fierce critic of Israel and the so-called occupation. Josh is beloved by adherers to the BDS movement and other anti-Israel groups. And it amazed me to think about how far a person can go over time, from a bit of a rebel to a rabid critic of Israel. Yet, it's also understood that once a person is on a path, that path can just extend further and further. And that's true for good or for bad. Take Ruth, for example. She started out marrying into the family of Naomi. Ruth loved Naomi, but she eventually arrived to this crossroads where Naomi had to go back to the land of Israel and she, Ruth, had to choose between her mother-in-law and her home in Moab. And Ruth chose to cling to Naomi, declaring that she would cast her lot with the Jewish people. Amech amiv elokayich elokai, your people is your people, and your God is my God. And she kept going to Beit Lechem, to the field of Boaz, to marrying Boaz, to becoming the matriarch of the Malchus, the kingship of the Jewish people. And so from that moment, that decision of that crossroads, Ruth went deeper and deeper, further and further. But we also know that Orpah went in the exact opposite direction. Ruth's sister-in-law, Orpah, walked away from Naomi as she returned to her gods. When Ruth and Orpah made the choice at that moment, they weren't just determining their future for the next few years, but for the rest of their lives and future generations. So there was a trajectory that they set in motion. Choosing to take a stand against Israel, for example, is a fateful decision that could lead to deeper opposition to the Jewish people if you continue that path. And so making one choice has associated choices that follow unless you consciously change course. When you take one action, that sets more actions in motion. In fact, Ben Azai teaches us in the Mishnah, Run to do a light mitzvah and flee from a sin, for a mitzvah causes another mitzvah, and a sin or transgression causes another transgression. One mitzvah causes another, says the Mishnah. But is it, is it really so? Are there not people out there who perform rounded random isolated mitzvot, or random sins for that matter, and it doesn't lead anywhere in particular. Now, understanding the answer to this question will help us find our connection to mitzvot, especially as we prepare for Shavuot. The Maharal of Prague explains our Mishnah by offering that the entire Torah, all 613 mitzvot, are in fact one entity. And this is a well-known Kabbalistic idea, the moment that we touch upon one part of the Torah, we're really connecting to the whole of Torah, even if we don't know it. The Maharal points to a verse in Mishle, Proverbs 6, 6.23, which states, Kiner mitzvah of a Torah or, for a mitzvah is a lamp and the Torah is light. Now one might think differently, namely that each mitzvah is a candle and the Torah, in turn, 
is 613 separate candles. And so the Mishnah says that is not the case. A mitzvah is a candle and the Torah is light. The Torah is one encompassing source of light. And every single individual mitzvah is a lamp or a candle that extends from that initial great light. All mitzvah then are connected to the greater light of Torah. For example, it's Sukkot, and a person shakes a lulav on that day, the 15th of, N- of Tishrei, and they are connecting to God's Torah through that mitzvah action. But by developing that connection, they're also connecting with the very same Torah that demands that we respect our elders or bury the deceased or call out to God in times of distress through prayer. So by shaking a lulav, you've already begun to develop a relationship with the Torah and the other mitzvot contained in there, even if we don't fully appreciate or understand that relationship yet. When you do one mitzvah action, you're connected to a bigger picture. When Ruth walked to the fields of Boaz and she began keeping mitzvot, she was already connected to the mitzvah of marriage and yibum and procreation, mitzvot that she would later fulfill. And the same is true of Averod of sins. When Josh started connecting with Israel's detractors, he was on a path that was just the first step. A couple weeks ago, I came across some sports news. Amari Studemeyer is a well-known basketball player and NBA coach who happened actually to daven here at Kesser Israel at a couple of minyanim over the winter when he was traveling with the Nets to play against the Portland Trailblazers. Now, Studemeyer recently resigned from his coaching job with the Brooklyn Nets because he's dedicated to Shabbos observance. And what he found was that he was not able to coach effectively because of Friday night and Shabbos and that commitment. So which was it going to be? What path is he going to choose? Was it Shabbos or coaching? Well, the answer is that he was already on a path, and that path was the path of mitzvot. So here is a person who took on one mitzvah and another and another. He's an example of that true passion for mitzvot, and that has led him to a place where Shabbos is more important than a a prestigious job with with the Nets. He started with a step, and that first step did not guarantee that he would continue, but it was the beginning of a connection to the whole of Torah. So how do we get started down the path? It's not as if we just do one mitzvah and poof, we have a whole Torah life laid out before us. How do we make sure that we get in this upward trajectory of Torah and not in the downward spiral of curse and hate? The idea of mitzvah goreris mitzvah, one one mitzvah leads to another and one sin leads to another, is actually apparent in the parsha of Buchu Kosai at the end of Leviticus. The Torah says there that if we walk in God's statutes and guard them, perform them, then we will be the recipients of bracha. God will give the rains in their time. On the other hand, the Torah presents curse as a downward spiral, both in terms of our actions as well as in terms of the results. The Torah says there, if you will not listen to me and will not perform all these commands, if you will consider my decrees to be loathsome and if you reject my ordinances so as to not perform all of my commandments so that you will annul my covenant. Rashi understands from these two verses that there's seven sins that are a progression. 
And according to Rashi, here's how it unfolds. It starts with not learning, then not performing mitzvot, despising others who perform mitzvot, hating the sages, preventing others from mitzvot, denying the validity of mitzvot, and ultimately denying God. In summary, Rashi writes, there are seven sins, Rishona, Goreris, Shnia. The first sin causes the second all the way until the seventh. It starts with not learning Torah towards not performing mitzvot and so on. And this is the precise opposite of what is presented in the beginning of the Parsha where it says, Im If you walk in my statutes and guard my mitzvot and you perform them, I will give you the reins in their time. And Rashi writes that walking in God's statutes has a particular meaning. Walking in the mitzvot means that you will be toiling in the Torah. And as the Maharal explains, walking is a form of exertion or toil. Just like a person walks in life from one place to the next in this world, so too we walk in the Torah, exerting ourselves, going from one place to the next, getting deeper and deeper. And so when we look at blessing and curse, there's one factor that ignites the whole process, and that is the study of Torah, toiling in the Torah, in fact. When a person toils in Torah, even if they do some averos, some sins, they're already in a path of growing closer to God. Think about the beginning of Amari Studemeyer's path. He didn't just randomly perform one mitzvah. He was walking on a path in life. When he came to Portland uh, this past winter, I asked him, how did you find us? He remarked that wherever he goes when he travels with the basketball team, he always looks for a minion as a place where he can start his day, connect to the Jewish people, and serve Hashem. It doesn't matter what his schedule looks like. Now, he could have easily hid out in his hotel room, but as he told me, he is committed to a path of growth, and so he got up in the dark and found his way to us and joined to our minion. And he used that very same drive that brought him to greatness in basketball to propel himself forward in Judaism. Now, Sudemeyer is a rare gem. He's a person who's on a path, and Ruth was walking on a path, and Orpah, her sister-in-law, also on a different path. And so it is true. Mitzvah, goreris mitzvah. One mitzvah leads to another. But there's that other critical element, because from the initial connection to the mitzvot, there needs to be commitment and exertion. We need to accept upon ourselves to walk down the road from one destination to the next. We need to be committed to traversing a big distance over a long period of time. And one way that we do that is by creating habits of Torah learning. Every habit we create can fix Torah learning into our lives. That's a critical thing that we can think about as we prepare for Shavuot. You don't have to be an erudite scholar. If a person learns Mishnah Yomi cycle one time, for example, and then they go back and they start to learn it again, then they are getting deeper and deeper. And without Torah learning, we regress seven stages, as Rashi says, from not learning to not performing all the way, eventually, if we take it far enough, to denying Hashem. But when we affix a time to learn each day, it could be a few minutes before Shacharis or during our lunch break, 
then we are on a derech, we are on a path to God's blessing, to seeing the rains in their time, connecting every single day in a small touch to the whole of Torah. So like Ruth, and like Amari Studemeyer, and like ourselves on our own path, we can all traverse the road of mitzvot. Every mitzvah we touch upon along the way is our connection to kola Torah kula, to the whole Torah in its entirety. Thanks for being with me today. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.